Hi, my name is Hans-Peter Meyer, and you're listening to the Lyft Startups podcast series, all about the entrepreneurs, creatives, and small businesses who are growing the next economy on Vancouver Island. Hi, Amy. Hello, Hans. And hi, everyone who's listening. Today, I'm talking with Amy Webster. Amy is the co-founder and co-owner of Motif Music Studios in the Comox Valley. She's also the co-founder and co-owner of Bluebird Pads, but we'll save that conversation for another time. Today, we're going to focus on, on you and Motif Music Schools. But before we talk about that, Amy, I want to talk a bit about... Um, this summer, we awarded the Hustle the Help, the Lift Hustle the Help Award to you uh, based on what you're doing on social media to support people in our Lift um, Vancouver Island entrepreneur community. Um, right. Can you know? So this is really an important part of what what we do. Like we we Lift wins awards for entrepreneur promotion, but. <laughs> Really, it's what we're trying to foster is the kind of thing that you, that you're doing so well. Like you're, uh, to my mind, you're uh, an, an incredible example of how people can be using social media to support businesses around them. Well, can you just describe a little bit about what you do and, and why you do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that engaging with businesses and individuals on a more personal level is what brings business ownership and living in community to just a whole new level. So for me, it's what makes it more fun, Uh, just getting to know the businesses and then plugging in with content that's actually valuable and promoting other people, learning what they do, and then being able to um, just join that conversation. So for me, that's, yeah, that makes it easy. (laughs) Yeah, excuse me for the noises in the background. We've got some stuff happening in, in my kitchen. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, what, what's also interesting here is that like, like you're, you've got three kids. You, you've, mm-hmm. you've got your, you're running a business. You've got your finger in another business. You've got three kids. You don't get out, like a lot of people think about Lyft as events, but you're actually showing what happens when you can't go. You, you can still mm-hmm. network. You can still be making the connections even when you're at home. So can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. For every season of life, uh, Jeff and I are co-parenting and working hard behind the scenes. Little boys, ages four, two, and seven months. Uh, So we're in the thick of it with that. And um, we wouldn't be able to do it if we weren't working as a team in that. Um, But yeah, there's a way for everyone to contribute, no matter your personality style or your your ability to engage either in person at events or if you're just at home and have a bit of time to engage thoughtfully in posts and um, social media and even just reaching out personally to other businesses. And I don't want to say it's just it doesn't have an impact for your own business. It does. I don't I don't think of it always that way that I'm like, oh, I'm just getting my name out there or Motif's going to get more notice. I think it has to come just out of a genuine, um, a genuine engagement that you're excited to be part of other people's businesses. But does it, does it um, overflow into what you're doing in your own business? Absolutely. So what, what kind of uh, returns have you seen for like, you know, like the time and effort you've put in? Like what, how does that show up? the motif side yeah that's a great question i think that um 
our business is hard to maybe measure year to year. Like we have such a solid core of teachers. We've got strong numbers for students. But I think that staying current and staying present is what brings people to Motif looking for music lessons or looking for kinder music. Um, and I think this year, one of the biggest things that we've benefited from is actually on the staffing side because um, we had the opportunity to work with Liz from Human Nature Development this year, who's also part of the Lyft team. And um, that was a really valuable connection that we gained through Lyft and really built our team um, in a positive direction as we defined our core values. So that was really positive for just moving forward as a team because Jeff and I wouldn't be in this business if it wasn't for the amazing staff that we work with. Mm-hmm. So that's another way that Lyft added value is just connecting with people who have um, the kind of things that we need to bring our business to the next level. Yeah, well, go on. Sorry. Yeah, just to stay current in a market that, you know, there's lots of competition. There's other fantastic educators in the Valley and we network with them too. Um, Yeah. So I think we've gained a lot of value through that. Also with working with photographers this year, we worked with Bella Photo and Karen McKinnon, um, as well as Crystal Clear Photography. And so just, yeah, working alongside other businesses to, to gain exposure for them and then also to get more people in the doors at Motif to see what a great place it is. Good. Well, um, good luck in the year going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, now, <clears throat> we're going to be awarding this Hustle to Help um, award again next year. What kind of tips would you give to other Lyft members for, you know, how they can um, basically learn from what, what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's a, it's a balance because I see the, the joy in the social media and connecting, but I also know being a mom and uh, co-parenting with Jeff on this, you don't want to be always on social media. So I think the tip I would have would be to, when you're on social media, make it count. So if you're there and you think, oh, I've met this person at a Lyft event, I'm going to actually look up their business. I'm going to follow them with a review. The listing is fantastic, and we have mentioned that today. But I strategically went through and said, what businesses have I actually engaged with, and would I love to comment on what great service they're offering the community? So I think that that was another really valuable way. So instead of just scrolling mindlessly, intentionally um, and really think about the businesses that you see daily in just your normal paths to work or in the community and think how can I know more about their business so that I can engage with more care and with more mindfulness and then that makes your time on social media more efficient and more effective. (laughs) Cool Um, now you were also you were referencing the um the Vancouver Island local business directory that we launched this summer. And, yeah. and you've definitely been active on that. And yeah. um, can you just make a comment on, on, on why that's been useful to you? Oh, for sure. Um, I think again, it's just people being able to view your business really easily. And in a community of other businesses, the listing is great. There's lots of potential for us even to build it out more than we've had the time to do. But I think it's just a nice centralized place that people will start to go to and say, hey, what's in my community? Who's doing great things in the Comox Valley or on Vancouver Island? Um, And so I think for people to just start using that as a resource and start 
going there yourselves. Like if you need someone for a certain service, check that out first. And again, pause long enough to leave a, a quick review and let people know about your experience. Super. And um, I'm just going to add that uh, on lots of those listings on the directory, there are Lyft member to member offers and some of them are <laughs> incredibly generous. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to see a lot more traffic there. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just going to take a quick break, Amy, and then we're going to come mm-hmm. back and talk to you about Motif Music Studios. Okay? Okay, fantastic. Okay, so now we're going to talk about uh, Motif Music Studios. So just tell me a bit about you and, and, and what is this business? Absolutely. Well, Motif Music Studios is a place in the Comox Valley that you can go and receive um, private lesson instruction with option for group workshops, master classes, as well as we work with students from ages zero to five in our kinder music programs. So really we see students of all ages coming together to learn music. And something that sets us apart is just that we have a multi-teacher studio. Right now we have nine teachers and we have a real heart for making sure that students have opportunity to study with a teacher that really suits their learning style, their personalities, uh, their music goals, and just really individualizes Mm -hmm. that experience for them. You've talked about, um, you know, that there being lots of competition, certainly the Comox Valley and Lots of the uh, communities on the island have uh, a lot of people teaching music. What what makes Motif unique or, or innovative? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, actually, something that resonated was the first time I met with you, Hans, is you mentioned instead of kind of competition, just making this the place to study music. <laughs> and that actually really resonated with me because that's been our heart from the beginning. For Jeff and I, we didn't want to move in and just be like, okay, we're in it for every student in the Valley. We can't actually take every student in the Valley. Uh, so we are just really excited to work in a community of really passionate, really skilled educators here. Um, I think though, it does set us apart that we have really great um, hiring. We hire teachers that are very well qualified, that have a real passion for furthered education. So we have teachers from teachers that have taught for 40 years that are still learning, still growing, still changing. Um, And then we've actually kind of grown up our first two piano teachers that are motif taught almost all the way through. And they, they share our vision and our passion and for making Motif a really safe place to learn music, but with excellence. Uh, so I think that those are some of the things that set us apart. How long have you been working on this? Um, oh, that's a long story. I started years ago myself as a young piano teacher, actually teaching on the road. Uh, so that was 1997. <laughs> and... Um, From there, I taught for the next 13 years, and Jeff used to kind of joke that it was Gypsy Music Studio because I was always looking for a place to teach uh, because I would have roommates and have to rent a spot. And, you know, so although I had an incredibly loyal following of students, I never had a place that was really settled and felt super professional and super prepared for students. 
so we started Motif kind of out of that vision that I wasn't the only one looking for a really great quality place to teach. And we were sending students to other teachers and kind of doing the same thing we do, except it wasn't all in one place. So in 2010, Jeff and I looked at a place in Tintown and Honestly, it was a wonderful 4Cats art studio before, but that meant it was just a big empty warehouse with splatter painting all over the walls. <laughs> and I thought to myself, it's perfect. <laughs> and poor Jeff was like, oh my goodness, the amount of work that's going to need to happen. <laughs> so we've got the realist and the optimist, but both of us are really hardworking when we set our mind on something. So we rented that in June of uh, 2010. And we were up and ready by September. And obviously that was pre-kids. So we knew how to hustle and had the, the hours of the night and day <laughs> to be able to make that happen. Um, and again, we were joined by absolutely fantastic teachers right from the start. And actually three of the original teachers that started, us, started with us then are still with us now. So that's really a testament to their um, faithfulness in that as well. Yeah, and, and, and to the kind of operation that you run, that people want to stay that long. Um, yeah. why, are you, why are you so passionate about this? Yeah, uh, I guess I see that music makes a difference. And also, in our culture, I think there's a lot of... Um, people are moving quickly. And when you have time to spend with a child, especially when we see them in private lesson programs, that they have half an hour or 45 minutes or one hour with one other person who's completely focused on their success in nurturing creativity and they're there just for them and they're not battling technology they're not battling anything else so I feel like the world just melts away in that setting and you see something really unique from each student whether they're an adult or a senior citizen or a young child to just have that really amazing connection and that time each week and I think that was what kind of hooked me as an educator um, right from the start was just what a difference that made in people's lives. And then we've seen it happen again and again, uh, just creating meaningful opportunity for, for people of all ages. So I think that's one of the main ones. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, you know, like I, I just think um, music is very magical and, and, uh, and the way you've just described this is, I mean, and I, I don't mean that in a kind of a fluffy way. I mean, it's, just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's magical in, in how it brings people together and, mm -hmm. and how it brings people out of themselves. Um, yeah. Um, so what you're, and, and, and then, uh, yeah, I, I love what you just said. So <clears throat> who do you, who is your target audience? Like who's the motif market? Yeah, that makes me think, think on my feet here. I think although music has, music really should be for everyone, um, and in many ways it is, uh, our students that we probably, that really belong at Motif are probably families that, like, value music. They know that, um, that music is both an art and a discipline, so I like to say, you know, it is fun to learn an instrument. I don't want to take away from that, but it's gritty sometimes too, and it's hard. So it's not entertainment and it can become that as you gain skill, but I do like to be out front with that. So probably our ideal students are ones that are okay to dig in slightly, 
um, and say, okay, like today I didn't get it, but I'm going to continue working and my teacher will guide that process. And if I'm frustrated, we'll, we'll look at it from a different angle or we'll get off the piano bench and we'll stomp out rhythm on the floor. We've got bucket drums. We'll do something different, but we'll dig in. So I think that for us, our ideal students are willing to dig a little bit um, and we have those kind of students. And it's not that music can't happen without, it's not hours and hours a week, but it is that faithfulness from day to day and from week to week. Um, so that's a quality that would be um, a good one for people wanting to study at Motif. Um, age isn't a limiting factor. We've had, you know, from really tiny ones in our kinder music programs, they actually can start with babies if they're wanting to kind of find their tribe with other families right up to five in those programs that are small group programs. And then when they come to private lessons, um, another Hello, Han. Hi, Amy. I don't know what happened there. We had a bit of a glitch and, and, yeah. and I, I lost you. Um, nope. I had just asked you what your target audience and, and market were. And, and you were telling me about you know, you basically have have a um, you're looking for people who are who are interested in, in I guess my paraphrase would be people you know people who are interested who are serious about learning music. Uh, you've got some great teachers to support a variety of different learning styles, mm-hmm. and you've and you do you know you've got the Kinder Music program from zero to five. How how old are you, like how so then, so then basically it's like young it's kids and then to do you have adults <laughs> taking classes there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, age isn't a limiting factor for us. We have just a really diverse group of ages. So we have a core group of even seniors that have been with us since 2010. Uh, we have adult learners and we have students uh, as young as four in our private lesson studio. But I have to say, we really interview carefully in the young ages to make sure it's the right fit um, with an instructor that's really primary focused, if that's the goal. Um, mm-hmm. So most of our students are in the age, like kind of five and up or six and up for private lessons. Now, um, are you, are people just in the Comox Valley or are you reaching out? Like, is your, is your market bigger than that? Yeah, that's a great question. We've just, mo- like, mo- mo- ah, most of our focus has been here in the Comox Valley. Um, although we've had people travel from as far as uh, Qualicum and up to Campbell River. Um, but we actually do have a Skype instructor, and she was an in-person instructor with us for a few years at Motif. And then she got swept off her feet, got married, and is living elsewhere, but loved the community so much, loved what we were doing, that um, she's been willing to teach Skype, violin, and viola for us. And she's an excellent teacher. She's great for the program because she's very detailed, uh, very capable with linking new technology um, to kind of maximize the experience for Skype and allow families to study well in their own home. It does suit a specific kind of student. I find the students that are doing really well with it can be a bit more independent with technology, can log on to the Skype program themselves and utilize, um, we use Cadenza as kind of a virtual notebook and they're able to upload, download videos. So kind of early teens, although technology is very common in most most young people have a better grasp on it than myself, for sure. <laughs> is this something that that uh, Motif will be building? Like, is it like is this? Do you see this as a growth opportunity to be servicing 
music students like remotely? You know what? It's, it is a unique opportunity. I think that right now we're still in the testing stages of it to make sure that we can still um, give that high quality program and that it adds value for the teacher that we're working with too, because some of them could easily run something on their own in that model but you know it's worth exploring for us and certainly the students that we have doing it are gaining great value from it and it's taking some stress off families that might not be able to mobilize at a certain time of day Um, we even had a student being able to do it as part of her school program and contacted us from school each week before the end of school to have her violin lesson so there are there are growth opportunities for that and we are exploring that as long as we can keep it aligning with our core values that motif right um what's your like you and jeff what's your vision for how big this this uh, motif can get yeah it's it's a great question i think for us it's not really about producing or reproducing a franchise like we could we could go that direction but i think our heart as also parents of young kids and already just in the thick of it daily (laughs) um, is that we're really content with just creating quality programs for the students we have and and creating an awesome workplace for our teachers Um, we're trying to raise the bar when it comes to how music teachers are are valued because it's so much education to become a music teacher right that also it's becoming hard to have students want to go into music as a career and so eventually, if, if the standards aren't kept high for hiring practices with teachers, we'll actually lose our music teachers to other, um, other careers because they won't be able to afford to be a teacher. So I think we have that passion, too, is just to really, really elevate how, how important that career is because we don't want to lose that opportunity for um, youth in the future or adults in the future to study music. Um, I don't know if I answered that very directly, but <laughs> no, well, that, that that that's really interesting. I mean, it. I keep talking about you know Vancouver Island's talent economy, and, mm-hmm. and, and <clears throat> I mean, I think in terms of I think very broadly in terms of talents, you know, entrepreneurial yep. talents as well as creative talents. But your business is directly addressing the fact that we attract so many creatives and so many yep. musicians and. Um, and for most of them, teaching just becomes uh, is a really important part of their their livelihood. So, um, what you're doing seems to be really an, an important part of that infrastructure of, of how to how to sustain that and and um, and make it possible for us for people to live in paradise, basically, and yeah. and and make a living. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that is, I think, just like a side goal of ours is just to really respect the efforts that the teachers put in. And I think that's why we've had long-term educators willing to stay in this model. They could actually make more teaching from home slightly, but to have the opportunity to work with a, a school that's really passionate about setting really high standards for education and um, helping with all the admin that comes with teaching and that long hours. I think that we've had really stable instructors because of. Okay. So yeah, we're, yeah. So, um, tell us where we can find you, you know, so where, where can we find you online? Yeah, online, we have a brand new website coming soon. Uh, so you can sign up to be notified 
uh, when that's launched at www.motifmusicstudios.com. And we also have our Facebook page, Motif Music Studios, and Kinder Music with Motif, as well as Instagram and Twig, uh, Twitter okay. at Motif. And you're also on the Vancouver Island Local Business Directory. Just search uh, yeah. music <laughs> or under family or education categories and you'll find them. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a, another yeah. short break and then we're going to come back for the second part of this, which is going to be about you, not your business. Okay, okay ready for that? Yeah, okay, we'll ready. Okay, we'll talk in a second. Hey, <laughs> talk soon. Hi, Amy. Hi, Hans. So for those who've just uh, come, coming into this podcast, I'm talking to Amy Webster. She is the co-owner and co-founder of Motif Music Studios, as well as uh, Bluebird Pads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this part of, this, of the podcast, we're going to be talking about you, Amy, not about your business. Although my first question has to do yeah. with what's, your, fa- what's the, your favorite thing about your business today? Okay, I got to put my thinking cap on for this segment. (laughs) I love talking about other people more than myself. Um, My favorite thing about Motif right now, I think that I love the direction we're heading with how we've redefined our core values. And that's really resonating with both Jeff and I this year to have clear direction as to the, the top things that are important to us. And I think just that fresh new structure is really motivating to us. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the other favorite thing is actually a fun, again, collaboration in the community is we're a part of the Comox Valley Arts uh, Council, which is different because we're not artists of the, you know, visual kind. But with music, we're able to participate. And we've actually collaborated with, firstly, Isla Life Designs, Lisa Jones, who does the wildlife art and we have a big installation at motif right now so we have huge bears and polar bears and butterflies and a beautiful uh, landscape of tree island and so collaborating again is something that is life-giving for us and both jeff and i are excited to have that as an ongoing project at motif to give teachers and students some inspiration too so we're hoping for some polar bear music compositions this year (laughs) (laughs) okay what are three things that people don't know about your business oh well one thing might be that we actually in this is the start of our ninth season have never had an in-person administrator at the physical site of motif music studios so that is really unique because there's not an office person there. Uh, so we do all that remotely. Right now I'm at the Tintown Cafe in Tintown for this call. And that's actually a place Jeff and I rotate different coffee shops around town. We were working at home. But you can imagine four kids, three kids, four years and under, it's not working all that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> the noise levels are deafening. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's something people might not know. Um, another thing, um, I think it's unique that our teachers, that they're going to laugh when they hear this, but people might not know that when we come in the door, the teachers are genuinely excited to connect with us. And if they see us at a coffee shop around town, it's not uncommon to see them like screech to a halt, jump out of their car, give us a big hug and then head off to work. Um, so I think that that's unique, um, kind of culture for employee and, um, 
and employer. And we're thankful for that. We've built connection with that. And that's something really special about Motif that creates a happier work environment too and a happy place for our students to come into. So they don't purposely just work harder when we're around. <laughs> They're just giving it everything they have every day. And in fact, they like to tease Jeff and all line up outside sipping coffee when he drives by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's well, only a, two things, but that's a start. <laughs> that, that's cool. Um, what was your biggest failure and what did it teach you? Oh, you know, this one's hard. I think anytime a business owner doesn't keep track of the bottom line, you can invest a lot in a specific program and you can have losses. So I would say that we've done really well with making carefully calculated decisions. But actually, when we started our kinder music programs, I was, I was like kind of in charge of um, starting classes with under the needed enrollment to make that a successful program. So we actually lost a lot of money a few years ago by doing that and making sure that our instructors were paid, but not paying ourselves. So that was a costly mistake. And yet we've seen it, um, grow from there because people did find stability in the program and so now we're we've got our feet under us with that again so those are some of the things with business you can't really afford to get distracted and not keep track of the numbers um to yeah to just keep it as a business a hobby have mentorship or community played a role in your success yeah i think that Initially, our mentorship really came from other teachers, in a sense. Um, we hired, well, we were totally flabbergasted when my teacher of 10 years from Campbell River, Cindy Taylor, came alongside to work at Motif with us. Um, so we were blown away by that and so thankful. So that was a kind of mentorship of sorts, someone who was a respected teacher, respected pedagogy, knew the physical side of music and how to keep that healthy. Um, so just having that option was incredible as far as mentorship. And in the community, certainly Lyft has been one of the first ways that we've really plugged into that. Really valuable for us. Who was your most important hire and, and why were they important? <laughs> I was laughing about this question yesterday and and Jeff is the super cheeky one that you don't hear from often, but he... He reassured me that I was his best hire. <laughs> Technically, I actually work for Jeff, and so that's the safe answer. <laughs> okay, so. I don't think I could compare the others. I think each, each person that we've hired has just added incredible value to our business and in such different ways. I think that's what I love about um, getting to know the people that work for you well is that then you can set them up for success to doing what they are best at, stretching a little bit at times, but really placing employees in places of strength is going to benefit your business overall. Okay, so uh, are you a reader? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think of myself as one, but man, it's getting tough. <laughs> what was your favorite book as a child? Oh, that's a nice question. Um. Ah, let's see. I had so many that stood out. Um, I mean, I like Hans Brinker and the Silver Skates. This is just random, but a, a big old book I got from my 
grandma. So that was a favorite. Um, yeah, okay. that's random. Okay. And what's your <laughs> right now? Jeff and I laugh because our reading consists of now is a lot of children's yeah. books on repeat. So the Gruffalo is a current okay. Favorite. And what is your favorite book as an adult? Like besides the books you read your um, kids? Yeah, I like books that are really connecting. Recently, I've been reading books that are more about parenting and about child raising. So I recently wrote, uh, read one called Self-Reg, and it's just about mm-hmm. self-regulation. And interestingly enough, it's about children, but I found that it resonated, especially, I don't know, you'd probably relate, but as an entrepreneur, when your mind goes a thousand miles a minute, um, just knowing yourself and knowing what things you can do to keep yourself in a calm place and in and living life mindfully <laughs> it's a great book for that okay and so is that what you're reading right now okay yeah okay. yeah that and and um discipline without damage put that on the list <laughs> okay <laughs> uh what is the smartest thing you've ever done oh probably married my husband <laughs> <laughs> he's great and and truly like i wouldn't want to live life alongside anyone okay. else okay and what's the dumbest thing you've ever done <laughs> oh goodness um you know part of my character isn't complete recklessness so that's hard i haven't done too many crazy stupid things in my life um i've certainly done things that you know didn't bring value but i i'm trying to dig deep on that one um stupidest thing I've ever done I don't know I think I lied about breaking something when I was a kid (laughs) and it tortured it seriously tortured me for months and finally I confessed in a ball of tears and it was really something that didn't matter in the big picture but I had a pretty keen conscience about so uh, that's not one to to write in the paper (laughs) what's the scariest thing you've ever done and how did you get through it oh scariest thing um i before the highway opened i rappelled off the side of the sable river bridge um that was scary but quite fun um yeah we had the proper equipment to do it so how did you get through the fear the fear um actually this is probably a life lesson just the trust in the people around you who know what they're doing and the equipment that you're using. So I think that that parallels life in a lot of ways, uh, leaning on those around you. And um, yeah, I think that there's lessons in that. Okay, now this this is the question that belief, behavior, or habit adopted within the last five years is having the most positive impact in your life today? Hmm. You know, this is a simple one, but I've always found myself to be pretty, pretty level and high functioning. And but in the midst of parenting, like actually just breathing more, <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it's made a big effect on me is actually just taking the time to breathe properly and fully and pause before acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that has just been a simple thing that actually is a big, a big game changer for me in the midst of it all and in the midst of a lot of chaos. Okay. That and reducing caffeine. I drink a lot of coffee, but my newest nursling doesn't agree, so I'm caffeine-free. Caffeine-free and breathing. Okay. Yeah. 
if you could have a conversation with somebody who died before you were born, who would that be? And what would you talk about? Oh, now this one I should have studied up on. Um, someone who died before I was born. I, I mean, I like historical figures. Um, I think of someone like Abraham Lincoln in just such tumultuous times and as a leader for human rights and making change. So that comes to mind as just, you know, how, yeah, being bold, making changes that are important for, for a world to come. So I don't know if that would be my final answer, but certainly someone of that strength and character. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Now, you grew up on the island, right? Or, or a lot of your life. Yeah, okay. I did. So what yeah. is one thing every Vancouver Islander should do this year, something most of us don't know about or don't know the value of? Wow. Um, let's see. I mean, there's an incredible draw for me. It doesn't always have to be far away, but I absolutely love the West Coast. And Jeff and I had opportunity to go there quite a few years in a row we'd go in storm season just a little bed and breakfast and there's something just wild about it and really relaxing to just unplug and get away to some of the beautiful places I've got more on my list and locally just the hiking and the the beaches Saratoga Beach is one of our favorites and um, I think that as the boys get older we'll be able to do more of those things right now we're mostly just walking and picking blackberries most of the day (laughs) (laughs) so would you uh, encourage people to do more of that yeah absolutely just get out enjoy nature we live in like one of the most beautiful places of the world i truly feel that if someone gave you one million dollars to support entrepreneurs in your community what three things would you do hmm Wow. Um, I mean, I think that at the the root of what you're doing and your passion for connecting and building talent-based economy, I mean, that's that's where the future of entrepreneurship is. And I think that some of that money I would want to turn over into projects like yours that are meaningful they're making sure people are staying engaged although people can engage more (laughs) i see that go okay come on people get involved get connected with your strengths and um so money towards a project like that um we'd love to see a bigger arts scholarships um for for benefiting a wider group of people in the valley but that's not all entrepreneurs so I think that it's a wandering answer but I think that things like what you're doing and things like the arts council are doing those things are really valuable and um, maybe into creating a, a say a, I don't know some sort of space for community collaboration um, but I don't know I don't know if that's the answer because I love what you're doing and just and making other venues work too and bringing value to them so i don't have a great answer no, for that. that's all good stuff um this is the vision question so what will your community your community of entrepreneurs and creatives and your music community what will it look like <laughs> in the next generation if all went according to your plans and wishes like can you give a like just give me a a picture of that yeah i would love for 
like it doesn't all come down to money but practically speaking i would love to see entrepreneurs be able to be entrepreneurs because we need that we need that in the community so for there to be value in that um for young people to be trained up to be visionaries um programs in schools maybe that's what i'd put some of the money into actually would be continued education for young people to think outside the box to create jobs instead of always having to look for a job make a job and um so i think some of those initiatives are important to me and what i would love to see in this community in in time and for the next generation would be people thriving people thinking outside the box doing what they love and being able to make a a living i don't think any of us need excess wealth but being able to have what you need and enough to share i think that would be what i'd love to see what advice do you have for young entrepreneurs on the island mm. this i would give such credit to jeff i'm the the visionary and the optimist but i think to go into entrepreneurship is is to be is to be a bit of both so i think planning well and not jumping into huge amounts of debt right off the start save wisely think carefully and then when there's an opportunity have enough faith to just leap but leap knowingly <laughs> know that the water's deep enough for the dive you know okay so just yeah leaping in but with with caution and preparedness and coming alongside other people who who've done it before and again that fits into your model of of mentorship and even building that program a bit more so that people go oh what do you think about this and they might see pitfalls that you might not see What is something or some things quirky that most people don't know about Amy Webster? <laughs> oh, well, something quirky. I don't like the feeling of sand and flip-flops together. <laughs> so, we've we've gone through a lot of sensory stuff with my 4-year-old and I'm laughing because I've never thought of myself as sensory, but I realized that I don't like barefoot in sand that much if I have shoes on. And I don't like walking on carpet with bare feet either. Oh, so that's random. That's pretty random, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now this is the last question. I always, it's curious where people go with this one. Um, yeah. What's your favorite place to eat in the whole world? Oh goodness, um, the whole world. That's very broad. I haven't seen as much of the world um, as I would like to. That's on the bucket list. But I got to say for. for the valley i love the atlas cafe and your uh, great friends of sandra too they just run a great restaurant the food is absolutely amazing and it's consistent and you can actually see a little bit of the world because they have some ethnic style cuisine in there and great flavor and locally inspired stuff and if people haven't been to the tin cat tin town cafe recently the sandwiches the avocado toast there is amazing and I I like simple things. I think that good food that tastes well um and with great service, I think that makes it for me. I like a lot of variety, so yeah. Yeah, I enjoy that. Okay, thanks a lot, Amy. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> I'm going to give you another chance to tell us uh, where we can find out about uh, your primary business, uh, Motif Music Studio. So, give me the uh, URL again, please. Mhm. 
So we would love you to check out www.motifmusicstudios.com. The new website is coming soon, so people can sign up to be notified when that's live. And yeah, that's the main way that you can find us. We're also searchable on the Vancouver Island listings with Lyft, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay. And... Um... Thank you so much for what you do. Again, you, you know, your congratulations on winning the 2018 Hustle to Help Award. Um, you do great stuff for, to support other entrepreneurs on, on the island and, and here in the Comox Valley. And uh, I look forward to the next time when we share some time together. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Hans. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lift Podcasts a series all about the entrepreneurs, creatives, and resource people who are growing local businesses. If you liked what you heard, please share via email or social media. And if you are sharing via social media, please use Vancouver Island's talent brand or talent tag, hashtag W-E-A-R-E-V-A-N-I-S-L. That's hashtag We Are Van Isle. This is one of the tools we've created to promote entrepreneurs on the island. Lyft is able to do its work thanks to the support of solution sponsors like SureCopy Courtney, Mastermind Strategy, 50th Parallel Public Relations, Finneron Hyundai, Jabin Postal Films, Presley and Partners, and 98.9 The Goat, as well as community partners like Atlas Cafe, The Island Word, My Tech Guys, McKinnon Photography, Island Soul Films, Investors Group, The Creator Space, and Douglas Magazine. Together, we're making shift happen for local businesses. Thanks for listening.